Hello, folks, and welcome to another episode of On My Mind. I'm Shelley Griffith, and for this episode, we're going to discuss something that has interested me for many years, and that is trains. On a recent trip down Route 66 across the country, we had a chance to see more trains than I'd ever seen in a lifetime. Turns out, these were mainly in New Mexico and Arizona and had on the side of them Santa Fe. So, I decided I needed to research what I could about these particular trains out west and trains in general. And it was quite interesting, as you can imagine. And for those of you who know and understand train systems, then... More power to you. You're going to know more than this episode is ever going to give you. I learned there are three classes of trains, Roman numerals 1, 2, and 3. There are seven major railroads in class 1, Amtrak, Canadian National, BNSF, standing for Burlington Northern Santa Fe, CPKC, Canadian Pacific, Kansas City Southern, CSX, which is otherwise known as the Chessie, C-H-E-S-S-I-E system, perhaps for Chesapeake, Seaboard Coastline X, Norfolk Southern, and Union Pacific. It turns out when you classify these trains, it's strictly based on the amount of revenue that the particular train brings in. In a Class 1 train, they can earn revenue over $250 million a year. Class 2, 20 to $250 million a year. Class 3, less than $20 million. So obviously a smaller type class. Turns out that the largest freight train, if you will, is the Burlington Northern Santa Fe, which explains why we saw so many of these out west moving from town to town and in the west much longer distances to arrive at the various cities. The BNSF earns $25.9 billion a year, has 32,500 miles of track, 35,000 employees. Second in this category, Union Pacific. $24.9 billion, 32,100 miles of track and 32,000 employees. Coming in third is CSX, $14.9 billion, 20,000 miles of track and 25,000 employees. As you might expect, the longest mileage amount in any given state is in Texas. Over 10,000 miles of railroad track exist crossing the large state. The actual largest system itself covering the most miles is Union Pacific, which covers 13 western states. There are 500 what they call short-line regional railways. Now, when you look at passenger trains, and I'll say toward the end of the show... My first experience with that, Amtrak 
is essentially the last of the passenger trains. It's present in 46 states in the continental U.S. Chicago is the largest hub with 15 Amtrak lines. A wonderful trip to take, at least according to advertising and various brochures, is the California Zephyr, Z-E-P-H-Y-R. And it can actually be a cross-country trip of 51 hours. Tickets for this wonderful ride range between $260 and $1,500 per person. If you're strictly looking for speed, the fastest track that serves in the U.S. anyway is the Acela, A-C-E-L-A, which can reach speeds up to 150 miles per hour. And I'm not sure that I ever want to be on a train that's going that fast. If you look at the largest station, train station itself, Grand Central Station in New York covers 49 acres, 44 platforms, and 67 tracks. The shortest is probably not even a block long, maybe that Angel's Flight in Los Angeles. First time I ever saw that was actually on a TV episode of Bosch, B-O-S-C-H, a series and a book made famous by the great author Michael Connolly. Locomotives, I knew that they obviously had to be heavy in weight, you do too, in order to pull these trains of many cars. Turns out that the average locomotive weighs 432,000 pounds. Phew! And maximum speed of that monstrosity is 70 miles an hour. And when you see the trains coming at crossings and you're warned, you absolutely know you have to stay in place. Even though I have sat there and watched people speed across barriers and thank the good Lord they were never struck. The types of locomotives, the old steam slash boiler locomotive that it was run on coal. There was always a fireman who shoveled the coal into the tinderbox. That made the steam. You had the boiling water that was there that gave the power to the engine. They've pretty well been replaced by the diesel engine, and now the diesel is making its exit gradually to the electric locomotive. The employees to run a train I found very interesting. I guess I thought there were just so many different folks that had to see that a train did move on. It turns out that, that currently they are looking at only two employees and sometimes only one to run a train safely. This comes from the organization that checks on safety issues nationally, and I'm just fascinated that they would not need but one person, and that would be the engineer. If you look at money that these folks make, it's not going to be a huge amount of salary. In Tennessee, I found out the average engineer on a train will make about 42 
to $50,000 a year. Now, designer engineers, apparently those that set up the actual design of the locomotive, the train, the running of schedules, these type things, they do pretty well. They make a little over $165,000 a year. If you want to be a train conductor and have that fancy uniform on and punch tickets and do all that, if you work on a passenger train, you're going to make somewhere between thirty nine and $60,000 a year. As I say, I'm just fascinated that only one person would be allowed to run an entire train. The union of the railroad employees has been fighting this for a good while, and so far they're winning to just have two employees on a train. But uh, it looks like the battle may be lost over the next few years, according to two or three sources that I read. The perhaps the longest running train in America came from Grand Central Station in New York to Chicago for over 65 years. One of the longest running trains in the world is the infamous Orient Express. For all of you Agatha Christie fans out there, marvelous book, marvelous story, marvelous movies that have been made about murder on the Orient Express. Now, most of you should have heard of Casey Jones, real name John Luther Jones. He was an engineer back in the late 1800s, and he was driving a passenger train in a fog one night, rounded a curve, saw a stalled freight train, and told his fireman brakeman to jump he stayed with the train and slowed it down to the best of his ability and with the crash unfortunately lost his life however he saved the folks that were on that train at that point and he died in 1900 just outside a place called Vaughan Mississippi and the great song just kind of is doing an earworm in my head now as I kept singing it over and over when I researched this. The song originally was and Johnny Cash has done it as well. Basically, great song, great story. Now, my first trip on a passenger train was at the age of nine. I was traveling from Bloomington, Indiana to Chattanooga, Tennessee. My father had sent me down to visit an aunt and an uncle, and it was a very unique experience and the best that I could remember. I was given a little sack with a peanut butter and jelly sandwich in it, some Tootsie Rolls, those little kind, they were the best, my favorite candy, which rotted my teeth out later, and a whole stack of comic books to read on the journey. Now, it was going to include some nighttime hours and they expected me to sleep as well. The train conductor was very kind and got me seated by a nice gentleman, and we talked some, but not a lot. And probably two or three in the morning, I woke up, and the man next to me said, don't be afraid now, son. Everything's going to be all right. And it didn't occur to me for a few moments that the passenger car that we were in 
was actually partway off the tracks. It was tilted. We fortunately did not turn over. None of the cars did. And they were able to get equipment there. have no idea where from. But they got us upright, back on the track, just like you might think of if you had your toy line all set. Set it back on the track. And we were on our way, apparently, after two to three hours and made it to Chattanooga just fine. I had been on a train three or four times since, a short line from Durango, Colorado, to Silver City, a very beautiful ride. Been on Amtrak from Baltimore, New York City, totally different experience. And then, of course, if you want to call it a train, been on the metro system in New York City and Washington, D.C., which I don't really consider a train ride as such. Wonderful way to travel in the old days and on this recent trip out west to see these trains back and forth brought back memories and just the age of rail travel. I think that with that being gone now over the years, what a fun way to go if I ever get a chance again. Now, they do have a trans-Canadian railway that they say has absolutely marvelous scenery, and that might be an option to uh, consider someday. Now, it's so interesting that if you get a chance, I would clearly recommend that you go on a train ride for an extended period of time just to say you've done this. Now, until next time, a couple of quotes that I thought were very interesting. One by Mehmet, M-E-H-M-E-T, Hildan, I-L-D-A-N, a writer. Think about the trains you will take, not the trains you missed. And then the great Will Rogers said, even if you're on the right track, you'll get run over if you just sit there. Think about that one for a while, folks. It's been fun to be with you today. Hope that uh, you've learned just a little bit about train systems. And if you get a chance, obviously, you need to do it. And as I say to each and every one of you, have a safe and healthy day. And I'll see you a little further up the road. <music>